runasradio.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 267 with guest Mark Manassi, recorded Tuesday, May 15th, 2012. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, another episode of Run As Radio. And uh, today's guest uh, really needs no introduction because he's Mark Manassi. And what more do you need to know? Hey there, Richard. I think, if it's okay with you, today we're going to do something just a little bit different. It's going to be technical, but it's not going to be computer technical. Oh, really? Yes, yes. So I want to tell you a personal story about how my life's gotten better in like the last, I don't know, 15 months, something like that, 15 months. It's not Amway. And um, <laughs> you do not need to buy soap. <laughs> and you, gotta, you probably have to edit that out. Um, <laughs> I don't think and, I will actually. How I've gotten healthier and happier, and in a technical by understanding what I'm doing in a technical way, because that's the only way that it would work for me. Mm-hmm. And so many of our listeners have been people who've been so kind over the years, have listened to me talk, going to my classes, taking my, my read my books and stuff like that. Yeah. But I thought you know just do a little give back. So so my story is. I don't know if you remember, but a year and a half ago, I was pretty heavy, heaviest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as of January 1st, 2011, I looked and felt pretty bad. I, I, at five, I'm five inches 11, which is 180 centimeters for you Canadians. Um, I say, sorry, five inches 11, that's uh, actually three liters, I think, in, uh, in metric. <laughs> uh, something like that. You know, I, I, I'm a member of record. I can't expect other things. So I was 232 pounds, which is 105 kilos, 17 stone or 0.12 tons. And that was way too heavy. I was taking a pill to control my cholesterol, which, mm-hmm. by the way, the pill was so good that once a year I got to take a blood test to find out if it was destroying my liver. That's Excellent. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Oh, statins. How many of you out there are taking Lipitor, Crest, or some other statin? Oh, my God, there's a lot of hands out there, you know? And I had crappy numbers. My Like my LDLs, my, my HDLs, the good ones, were like 30, and my LDLs were 200 and some odd something, and my triglycerides, which are supposed to be under 130, were like 200, and, you know, crazy stuff like that. And um, I needed a machine to sleep at night, a CPAP machine, which right. again, I'm, I'll bet a lot of our listeners have, you know, otherwise we're doing the sleep apnea thing. Mm-hmm. I took a Prilosec every day to manage my acid reflux, took ibuprofen because I had headaches all the time. Since then, I've lost 66 pounds, that's 30 kilos. Wow. I've been tested, yeah, I've been tested as a way of testing, and everyone should do this, by the way, there's a way of testing how big your engine is called the VO2 max test. Basically, they put you on a treadmill until you fall down dead, and from there, based on your heart rate, they give you this number. And I think one of the biggest numbers ever recorded is Lance Armstrong. He's 76 or something like that. I'm going to get this wrong. Anyway, mine's 47. That doesn't mean anything. But it's in the 99th percentile for a 54-year-old guy, which is me. Mm-hmm. My body fat is down to 13%. Wow. My rest pulse is 53, um, which is 17 in metric. And <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't need the breathing machine anymore. I don't take my prescriptions. The only thing I take right now are uh, basically omega three fatty, you know, fat pills and vitamin D and, and a multi. Right, more health enhancing drugs rather than therapeutic drugs. Exactly, exactly. And I had to go in and do the blood test for the cholesterol stuff, and they didn't get back to me for a week, which they don't really jump in right on it. And I said, "So what was the story?" And they said, "Oh, uh, well, let's see. Your HDLs were eighty four, 
Mm-hmm. Like, people aren't happy if they're over 40. 84, I've never been anywhere near that. HDLs are good, bigger, better. The LDLs used to be like 200. They're supposed to be under 125. They were like 80. And my triglycerides are 55. They're supposed to be under 133. I was so in shock that I must have not said anything. The woman said, by the way, we're canceling your prescription. <laughs> um, yeah, no more statin for you. Yeah, precisely. Blood pressure is 117 over 72, and it's not hard to maintain. That's, the, that's the big thing. So in just over a year, you've totally turned your health around. I mean, I know, what's it work out? 232 to 66, I probably lost, what, 30% of body weight or something, something like that. Right. Um, and, and there's more, too. It's like, this isn't just health nut stuff, because I'm not a health nut. I mean, cheeseburgers and stuff like that. It's, it's just that, you know, now the economist, you know, now the PhD economist is going to come out. Yep. I'm going to say that there's studies that happen on a regular basis to show that if you and I had been born prettier, well, me prettier, you know, you're pretty, of course. <laughs> it's astounding. I mean, the difference between, you take the exact same two people, height, brains, et cetera, and the prettier one can make like 30, 40% more money over the lifetime. People are nicer to them. It's easier to get them to do things. And in America, and I think too, I'm guessing in Canada as well, I'm there a lot, but not enough to know for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like we look at, Heavy people, like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Like they're stupid or something like that. It's like, you know, we judge that stuff for dumb reasons. There are accents in this country where, um, and I know you guys make newfie jokes, so I'm guessing it's the same thing for you guys. Yep. You know, certain accents, you out of the box, you say, oh, that person can't be very bright. And of course, they, they surprise you because they're, you know, they're bright as often as folks with other accents are. People make a first impression on you. If you want to be successful, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't write the rules. I'm just saying. And please understand, I'm not a reformed smoker about this. I don't care if anybody listens, and I don't care what they do. Right. Um, but, you know, the thing that we all have in common, I think everybody listening to this, you, me, everybody else, is we have a sedentary lifestyle. Yeah, and we sit a lot. It's working against us. I mean, it's absolutely working against us. And you have dropped a lot of weight, too. Um, this is a story for the listeners, is that one of the side effects I'm going to tell you is that, unfortunately, and it's not that bad once you get used to it, the pill that I take is I get on a treadmill or an elliptical or something. I try to do 30 minutes a day. If it's only 20, that'll do it. But that's my pill. Yeah. And think of it as medicine. And so I was at some show. I think it was Anaheim Build or something like this last September. I believe it was it. And I'm, it's first thing in the morning and they've got crappy ellipticals and they've got crappy treadmills in the hotels, the cheapest ones they can get. But I said, you know, I'll go take my medicine and do this. And I am completely half asleep and I'm plugging in my little headphones. And I'm running next to me and I hear, Nancy, and it's you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Campbell, what are you doing with that? So, so everyone should know that Richard looks great as well. So, ah. um, we're, that's absolutely true. We're both going in the right direction. That's, that's the only thing I can and say. that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing, you know. And the other thing to remember, and maybe you can echo this, is that starting weight loss is easy. But it soon gets hard. And the number yeah. is, it's easy to lose 10% of your body weight. But then some biology starts hitting you, and you hit the wall, and it's a river wall, but you're going to rebound, you know? Yeah. And that's when all the exercise advice kicks in. Well, you know, you can't just diet, Richard. You've yeah. got to exercise, too. Oh, you know, Richard, you can't just exercise. you got to diet. And my answer is, good Lord, I passed physics. Isn't it calories in, calories out? And, you know, as a geek, when you think about what we do. We understand how things work. Mm-hmm. Once we pick them apart, we can do what? We can troubleshoot them. We can game them. We can make them better. We can optimize them. And if I didn't have that, then it was just annoying advice. Yep. Well, and it's bike, it's bike shed advice. That's what drives me nuts about it. It's, you know, every, is if you're building a 20 story building, 
nobody has any advice for you because obviously you're a professional and, and they're going to leave you alone. But if you're building a bike shed, everybody knows how to build a bike shed. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. But it's worse than that, Richard. I'm going to argue to you, and I've already set this up so you know the answer. The single hardest thing to research on the internet is health and fitness. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Because there's so many shysters. Yeah. There's so many hucksters. So what's helped me is a number of things. So a couple of resources that I like is my personal trainer, a good friend of mine, Johnny Desmet. She has two advanced degrees in exercise physiology and that sort of thing. So, you know, she actually, when I say to her, oh, that's nonsense, she, she'll, she'll call up her, her PhD professor from XYZ University. And he'll say, no, no, Joni's right. I go, damn, Joni's right. <laughs> or if you've, if you've never gone to the teaching company, www.teach12.com, I love them because I'm going to reveal something that will unfortunately turn some of my listeners off. But I'm just wired such that I don't have time for music. I don't dislike it. But if I'm going to be in the car for six hours, I want to learn something. Sure. And so I get these lectures and they do this. They have university award-winning professors do make their lectures into a series of half-hour talks. And so Roberta Andrews, I believe is her name, does a course called Nutrition Made Clear. And it's fun doing these science things because because I went to university 30 years ago. Who knew they learned things? Yeah. <laughs> Stuff has progressed. But I had no idea. <laughs> so, uh, so a lot of this is based, um, you know, on that. So I... I've learned, you know, a, a bunch of this stuff, you know. So, so basically what I want to talk about is, you know, what the basics are of weight loss, why we fail, why diets fail. Mm -hmm. And the big thing is you've got to reprogram your body in order to make this stuff work. And that's me moving my mouse. So I got my notes in front of me. So here's the real short version for those who just want to hear a little bit and then drop off. You can't just diet or exercise. It really is true. You have to diet to both. Mm -hmm. Uh Plan to lose a pound a week, and you do that by starving yourself. I use that word because everyone says, don't use that word, it's negative. I believe in, you know, calling things what they are. You know, you're going to eat 500 calories fewer than you're going to exercise or just burn by sitting around. Right. You hit 10%, and you won't get past it unless you actually realign your internal cells, the way your cells use energy. Your cells want to burn carbohydrates because they're easy to burn. And they can burn fat, but only if they have to. You put a gun to their head. There's a way to realign your cells where your cells say, I surrender. Obviously, this clown's going to be burning a lot of fat. And then it will start doing that. And you may say, no, wait a minute, Mark. Whether you're burning carbs or burning fat, it's the same number of calories. It turns out to be different because the way your body responds, that's important. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then... uh the way you do that, the way to realign it is aerobic exercise. That's why you need exercise. Unfortunately, there's no way. Maybe one day we'll have a pill. That'd be cool. If we just take a pill, it says, it says make more mitochondria, realign the enzymes. But I don't know if that exists just yet. So the pill, unfortunately, the prescription is aerobic exercise. And before I forget, you may know this, that uh, I know you do the aerobic stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're when you started losing weight, and I don't know when that was, then I assume something got you on aerobic exercise, probably because you do research on it as well. Yep. And, you know, initially nothing happens. It's sort of like I'm sweating a lot. Yeah. This is <laughs> unpleasant. I'm, yeah, exactly. And I am sore the next day. And here's the thing. If you were 18 years old, your body would make that switch, bam, yeah. inside a few days. Sadly, we're not. <laughs> and it can be as bad as one month for every 10 years after that. So mm -hmm. me being 54, it took me about two and a half, three months. So stay with it. I mean, that's the thing. You got to stay with it. So that's, that's short version. Mm -hmm. And you just tell me,
me when to shut up because I know we've got limited time. No, we're good. Um, so, so bad news, we starve ourselves. And so the idea is, first of all, if I just laid in bed all day, I would still burn some number of calories. It's yep. like 1,900 calories in my in, in my case. Uh, and then, of course, we exercise, we move around. There's something called NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And what it means is there are actually some people who never exercise, but they fidget so much. They can burn 700, 900 calories a day, but let's put that aside. And so the idea is to, uh, you want to starve yourself by eating 500 fewer calories a day than you burn from the basal metabolic rate. That's the, that's you and, uh, and the amount you eat. And there's gimmicks, you know, the low carb stuff, the uh, Phillips, you eat a lot of little, I mean, that stuff will all help a little bit, but it doesn't help you in that long-term goal of wanting to be able to stay that way. Cause there's yeah. a point where you're going to hit your goal, right? You know? So anyway, so how do we do that? How do we keep track of calories? I've got this great little smartphone app. There's a lot of them out there. And mm-hmm. if you travel, as you and I do, then it's important to be able to get that kind of information because you, know, you walk into a restaurant and, well, how much is this? You've got to be able to estimate it. What I do is I, I look around for a Stouffer's dish. That's <laughs> kind of sort of like it, you know? Right. What is your favorite app for that? It's called Tap and Track. Uh, it, it's on the iPad and the iPhone. They have a decent database, not a great one. But what ends up, you know what happens for me is that if I'm home for a week and a half, I'm probably eating the same five things. And so once I've got those punched in, it'll tell me the carbs and the fat and the, you right. know, and the protein and that sort of thing. And that's, you know, that's, that's a good starting point. Also, you can, you can tell it. I'm, this is my age. This is my sex. This is my height. And it will tell you, it will compute your basal me- metabolic rate for you. Mm-hmm. So what it's doing is telling me at any point in time, I'm getting a pie chart about what I've eaten that day, how many calories I've got left. It's just helpful stuff, you know? Yep. And it also, there are things that are hard to look up. Like, for example, you know, there's that wonderful nutrition stuff on the back of the box of macaroni and cheese. There isn't one on the bottle of beer for some reason. <laughs> must must be no calories, right? Must be. Now, get that scale. Weigh yourself every day, but don't freak out about going up and down because most of your body's water, and water is what? It's like a it's a kiloliter, excuse me, a kilogram per liter or eight, eight pounds uh, per gallon. gallon yep. And so... You know, you, you're eating some popcorn the night before. It's a little bit salty. You have a little bit of water. I mean, a cup of water is a, it's a half a pound. Mm-hmm. But watch the trends, you know. Now, do you go with a fancy scale? Like, have you gotten a Wi-Fi scale or a uh, um, uh, one that measures body fat as well? Uh, I don't believe in that. I, I, I like the slide scales, like the one the doctor has. Mm-hmm. It'll run you about $140, I think, something like that. Good old mechanical scale. I'm a gadget guy, so I like the fact that my, my scale has an IP address. I guess, man, but the thing is, you know, you can't calibrate it. Well, they, I can calibrate mine. You know, mine's got the, the two little, the, the big weight and the little weight that I slide back and forth, like at the doctor's office. Yeah. And, um, and I have known weights that are about 150 pounds. Right. And so on a, about, you know, like once every four months, I will stick those weights on there and I will readjust the scale. And that way I know that I'm right. Cause I'm down to quarter, you know, th- that gives me a, uh, a granularity of a quarter pound. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, you know, sort of significant stuff. But electronic scales are very, very accurate. You know, the, you've got a, a spring-based scale there, a lever scale, so it does need to be calibrated. How do you know? Well, you put known weights on electronic scales, you'll see pretty clearly they're consistent. They don't change. All right, then. I'm going to have to look into that. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. And the other thing, of course, is, is, is you weigh yourself every day under the same circumstances. Yeah. I, I'm a first-thing-in-the-morning guy. Just yep. get up, weigh get yourself. Get out of bed, empty the bladder, yeah. stand naked on the on the scale, and you know. Same time every day. And 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 are, how are you finding? Are you still trending down, or are you in, still trending down? In, cool, cool, 
Cool. How far you got to go in the goal? Well, I keep moving the goal down. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. How do you come to that goal weight? I mean, is it? It's possible to get, you know, creeping featuritis when it comes to that. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll worry about that once people start complaining I'm looking too thin. But, you know, I set 20-pound goals for myself, and I've knocked out two of them, and I'm going for two more. I wouldn't listen when your friends start telling you you're too skinny. Yeah, I'm with I you. I really think there is an element of crabs in a bucket, and it's not, not in the mean sense, but it's just sort of like, uh, Hey, you're kind of hanging with us. We're all a little bit over. You know, yeah. Don't leave us. Don't do it. Don't go that way. My my issue is that I always always into the exercise because I like the adventure travel, right? I'm hiking up to Everest. I'm going to Kilimanjaro and so forth. And let's face it, if you can't walk uphill, you're not going to make that. But I never lost any weight until I tweaked the diet. So, you know, I could walk oh. uphill for a week, no problem. But... uh it, it, but I did that for years without losing a pound. It wasn't until I, you know, I'd lose a pound on the three, on the three week trip, I'd come back 10 pounds lighter, but that would come back on as soon as I got back. It wasn't until last year when I said, okay, you know, I'm good at exercise. Now I actually have to work on the diet that, that the weight started coming off. Cool. Cool. And, and, and that leads, by the way, to the, the what I call the dismal rule, mm-hmm. which is that amount of calories you burn just lying in bed all day gets smaller the skinnier you are. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, unfortunately, every pound that you lose is a tiny bit harder than the pound before. And this gets back to your point about recalibration. You get down that 10%, and now you have to recalibrate the fact that you are smaller. Exactly, exactly. And that's the nice thing about these smartphone apps. Uh, I punch in my weight every day. And so if I've lost a pound, then, you know, guess what? That's a few calories. That's like seven calories or something yep. that I can't eat, you know, so it's I call it the dismal rule. It's like you talk about mountain climbing. Imagine if every step you took was harder than the one before. It is. And so that's, you know, I mean, that's that's the bad news, but it's not that bad, and we can get past it. You know? Yeah. You still want to get to the top. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? and, it, and I would say, you know, you being an anti-technology scale guy, when you go, there's a couple of different companies that make Wi-Fi scales, and they will feed directly into your tracking program. Facebook. Well, they can, I don't, I turned off all the Facebook stuff, but, you know, <laughs> tap and track will feed in, into the Why Things one, and My Fitness Pal feeds directly into the Fitbit one, which is the ARIA scale. Like, there's three or four companies that are making these smart scales, and those, you, you know, if you are a gadget guy, you can automate yeah. all this. Right. So, you know, I combine my fitness pal with the Fitbit, which is a pedometer, the tiny little pedometer you wear with an ARIA scale. And now I step on the scale, I go work out, and then I can use the barcode scanner for any food or my usual food items. And the whole thing shows up in one place. And see, that's the one thing that's missing. I need to be able to take a picture of what I'm about to eat. Yeah. And. That then goes into the big database and says, so I, think, you know, that, I think that's, that's that. Well. Yeah. Well, it, or, you know, maybe it'll be like a little thing where you just take a little bit of it and you shove it into it. And it goes, <laughs> there's just high heat and the, the gases come out and figures, oh, well, that's roughly this much. Car- yeah, I don't know yeah. what's ever going to happen. But it is a bunch of different programs and they all have different. Ch- I'm appreciative of MyFitnessPal because it has the menus of the restaurants I frequent in it already. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So when I go, I enter for this restaurant, it gives me the list of the menu and I say, okay, I had that and that. Wow, I like that. Yeah, it I just like that. saves a few steps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, does it keep? Does it do the same stuff as tap and track, in that it will, uh, it'll figure out your basal metabolic rate, and you punch in your weight, or is that an adjunct? No, it has m- most of that in that. I don't know the feature for feature. Everybody's stronger at one thing, weaker at another. 
Yeah. Well, most of them have terrible databases. Yeah. Uh, the restaurant, as you say, the restaurant menus have gotten better and better and better. And I was just in Philadelphia last week, and I, I'm in, by the airport, so there's no good restaurant. Well, excuse me, I shouldn't say that. Philadelphia people might be listening. Hmm. Uh, the only restaurant nearby was a Ruby Tuesdays. I thought, well, whatever. You know, I walked in. It must be that Pennsylvania has a rule. Several states in the U.S. do, and perhaps in Canada, well, you got to have the calories. And yeah. that was great. Yeah, yeah Washington it, State started doing that too. That right on the menu is the calories. It's it affected my behavior without I a mean, doubt, which is ex- exactly what you know what should be happening. It's just a it's terrific stuff. And when, and if you find the right app, the same thing where I say I'm in uh, a Ruby Tuesdays, whether they've mandated it or not, the app knows all of the calorie counts. I, I'm not looking at the menu. I'm looking at my app for the menu choice. Oh, uh, that's neat. That's neat. So, and and that, that that was my fitness pal. That, that my fitness pal has has that. I don't know that it has every restaurant. I think it's actually a Vancouver based company. So needless to say, it has Vancouver restaurants in it. Oh, so, okay. You know, okay. you have to assess these things. I'm totally with you, and I'm I'm a Win Phone Seven owner, so I don't I can't use Tap and Track. Really? It's uh, well, there you that, go. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's frustrating. But what, you know what? Another thing that helped me was you know, why is the exercise changing things? I mean, what is going on? Because honestly. Even though I've essentially been starving myself 500 calories a day for the last you know, year and a quarter, year and a half, I don't walk around hungry all the time. And this was an interesting linchpin for this. And let me, let me talk a little bit about this because, you know, again, geeks, to explain how things are going on, I think it's easier to get through the, you know, sort of through the membrane. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think the reason diets fail is that it becomes hard to not, to, to keep dieting. Yeah. You know, we're, well, some of it is we just lose incentive because we're not losing weight. Yep. There's a way to get past that. And the other one is just you get, get hungry. And the whole thing has to do with the fact that basically you can either burn carbs, and we don't have a lot of those, or we can burn fat, which we have plenty of. Mm-hmm. We have like a carb gas tank and a fat gas tank. The carb gas tank can hold 1,000 to about 2,500 carbs. And that's calories worth of carbs, which is, you know, it's about a day. And, of course, fat, we can hold days and days and days and, and weeks and all that kind of stuff. And what it all comes down to is oxygen, because I did a lot of reading about this, and it turns out, of course, this is the easy part, that you get rid of excess flesh by burning it. And, and we say burning kind of a cavalier manner, but from a chemistry point of view, burning means what? Combining with oxygen. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you know to be interesting is it's not the size of your lungs, and it's not this, and it's not that. O2 is the binding constraint in your ability to burn in a day. And how do we get O2? There's lots of it in the air. But it's got, we need, so lung capacity affects it. Uh, the more I could open my chest, and but you can't change that. Unfortunately, that's something that just goes as you get older. If I had a higher heart rate, I could pump more blood through my body in a minute and thereby transfer more oxygen, but I can't do that because a maximum heart rate, that's caused by the slow decay of my parasympathetic nervous system. So every year, our max heart rate gets a little bit worse, you know? Right. I can make myself more efficient, though, at 90% of max or 80% of max, and that's where things start to get helpful. I can do some things to allow my bloodstream to essentially move more oxygen around. And that's important. That's step one. And then step two, once I've delivered all that oxygen to my body, it has the ability to use it. Right? So that's, that's going to be the plan. The plan is I want to increase oxygen capacity, A, and then B, start using it to burn stuff other than carbs. So so we do with the O2 is, and, and again, we, we burn carbs or fat to make ATP, and ATP is the way we get energy, essentially. And the, the problem is the fat method requires more oxygen per unit of ATP, and it takes more time. And I said, it takes more time. I mean, you got to do, I'm making this up, mm-hmm. 35 reactions rather than 15. Carbohydrates, in contrast, in particular glucose, 
Glucose is so easy that every single cell in your body knows how to burn glucose. Built in. It's that easy. Yeah. So instead of 35 steps, it's like 15 steps. And it doesn't take as much oxygen. And so that's why your body's like, you know, they're kind of like, it wants, it's, it's sort of carb-centric a little bit, you know? Yep. And you can start burning fat. But it can take a minute. It can take literally two and a half minutes to get the fat-burning engines online, which is not a big deal except for two parts of your body, your brain and your heart. Because if your brain went offline for two and a half minutes, that would be the beginning of a bad day at the office. Right. And so that's why your brain and your heart essentially say, talk to the hand. We're not burning fat. We need glucose. Right. And so because we got a fat gas tank and we got a carb gas tank, you could burn your fat gas tank down to zero and your body wouldn't care. But because the brain needs it and because the heart needs carbs and the brain needs carbs, your body has this, this amber light. It's got this sensor which says we're getting really low on the carb gas tank and it freaks out. It'll freak out because it can't wait two and a half minutes for the fat to kick in. Right. And so, so now let me talk to the people who have been dieting for eight weeks, nine weeks, 10, 12 weeks, three months, and they've hit that 10% wall. Any of this sound familiar? Mm-hmm. You feel tired. You feel cranky. You start craving foods, craving sweets. What that comes from is that's the way your brain says, hey, idiot, um, we're almost out of carbs. You know, Brain could go offline, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's only a response to being low in the carbs, though. It's not being low in fat. And so here's the trick. The only trick is if I could teach my body to burn a little less carbs every day, a little more fat every day, that means – because, I mean, you could stop and say, wait a minute, Mark. Um, if your body's burning X calories and – Less of it is fat and more of it is carbs. Calories are calories. True. I'm not worried about that part. What I'm worried about is I'm only human. If I'm tired, cranky, and hungry, I'm going to stop exercising. I'm going to start eating. Right. I mean, it's, it's like saying, yes, I'm, I'm going to just sleep three hours a night. Yeah, that's not going to work for very long. And so if I can train my body, burn the same number of calories, of course, but to burn more fat, the alarm bells don't go on. Right. And that's the key. The key is teach the body to burn a little more fat and a little less, a little less carbs. And what we do is with the aerobic exercise, because what ends up happening is that we say to our body, essentially, I mean, we, we kind of train the body that you better get over it. The fact is that I'm going to be emptying the carb gas tanks. Because, you know, if you get on the treadmill, so you run away on that treadmill, you do that for 30, 40 minutes. There's a good chance that you could essentially empty all of the carbs out of your legs. Right. And your body's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. But if you could say, hey, burn the fat rather than the carbs, then things get better. And so the way this happens is that we're going to do two things. One is we're going to, now, first of all, just simply exercise is a few things. Exercise forces our body to create more capillaries. So there's more highways. You know, there used to be traffic jams getting down to your toes. There aren't anymore. Mm-hmm. And it changes the pH of your blood. It lowers it a little bit, raises the temperature more, and that means you can dissolve more oxygen in the blood. So again, we've got, you know, we're taking our, we're putting more cars in the lanes when it comes to moving the oxygen around. And then, finally, in the body, your cells build more mitochondria, and mitochondria are the unusual things that popped up a few billion years ago that allow us to burn oxygen. That's called being in training. And so when you hear exercise, people talk about it, they'll talk about how they're in training. That was what I was talking about before when I said, if you do enough aerobic exercise, and what is that talking about? A thousand calories a week of aerobic exercise is the minimum, people say, but you will get nonlinear benefits in a good way if you go to 1,500 or 2,000. That's going to allow you to start really, um, really burning stuff like crazy and getting in training. Cause in training just means I've expanded my, 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 my cap, capillaries. 
I um, am more efficient at 80% or 90% of max heart rate, and there's no magic there. It's just you do it a lot, and your body gets used to it. And then eventually, the news gets down to the cells that it's time to create more mitochondria. Right. And the side effect of the mitochondria is, three months ago when you were running like crazy, you were you were running the mitochondria at 100%. And when they're doing that, they switch the carbs. They have to because it's the most efficient thing to do. Mm-hmm. If we go and overcapacitize on mitochondria, then we're doing regular exercise. Now we're at 70% of capacity, and that's where the body says, okay, let's take two minutes. Let's bring the fat guys online, and let's just bring more of that fat. And anyway, the end of the story is that means that we are in a situation where burning more fat, burning fewer carbs. So we've done a good job of creating our 500-calorie deficit every day. Five times 500 is 3,500. That's one one pound of fat. And we're not feeling cranky and tired. Right. And because if you take out too many calories, your body panics. And when it panics, you don't lose anything. That, that, that's right. I mean, if, if you get real gung-ho about it and you say, you know what, I'm going to do 1,000 calories. I'll burn uh, two pounds a day, two, two pounds a week. It, it's really hard to, to maintain that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just found it fascinating that in the end analysis, that was the key. Because here's another thing. How many times have you heard this? Well, you know, when I exercise, I get more energy. All that really means is because I do aerobic exercise, weightlifting helps on other things, but mm-hmm. it's not going to help here. Because I do aerobic exercise, I've got more mitochondria, which means I'm always running medium idle, you know, rather than off the wall. And that means all of a sudden my body sees fat as being burnable in the same way that it sees carbs. Mm -hmm. And because we've all got a fat gas tank that's way bigger than our carb gas tank, that just means that we do have a bigger supply. Yeah, it just, but that's a great Richard Branson quote too. It's like, what's the one thing you could, you know, here's this billionaire, you know, what's the key to your success? He said, exercise every day. Is that a Branson quote? That's yeah, a Branson quote. It's like if you, I did the, not know that. The one thing that mattered most was getting up and exercising every day because it jacks you up, right? I, I went out, did my 5K run this morning, and I'm still high on it. I will be come down later this after, early afternoon, uh, but it, it makes a huge difference. People ask me, how the heck do you record four or five shows in a day? It's because I work out in the morning. There's no other way to do it. Because you get everything running faster, and you get hooked on that. I mean, I'm not a fan of running. Believe me, I'm not. I'm a fan of how I feel afterward. So along those lines, let me uh, pass along uh, a little tip there. When you talk about aerobic exercise, so you do running. I Mm -hmm. do the elliptical. I used to be a runner. I started back in 76, but... I just, you know, I, I kind of blow up my ankles. I'm really lucky that my knees aren't hurting me. But in reality, if it was, I'd be on the elliptical. No impact. And ellipticals were developed in the mid-90s by a guy, an engineer, who had a daughter, if I have the story right, who was a former Olympian. She had done something to one of her joints. So wasn't going to be an Olympian, but she wanted to keep exercising. And he basically did the whole engineer thing. The other nice thing about an elliptical is, uh, when you're running, are you running actually out on the earth or are you running treadmills? Out on the earth. Out on the earth, obviously you can't cheat with that. Nope. A lot of exercise machines let you cheat. Ellipticals don't. But the, the most important thing is we're going to spend a half an hour of our lives for the rest of our lives <laughs> nearly every day doing this. It's got to be something you like. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're gardening like crazy, pulling out weeds, you could burn a lot of Good calories enough. that way. Yeah, and I do. One of the things I've really appreciated about getting a device like a Fitbit is finding out that the 45-minute walk I do with my dog in the afternoon, because my dog demands it and I, and I enjoy it, it's good for me, is two-thirds the amount of exercise of the half-hour run in the morning. 
So talk about the device. Is this like a polar? Is it something like that? What have you got a chest uh, sensor? Yeah, it fit, Fitbit's much simpler and smaller than that. Again, a very geeky device. It looks like a big uh, paperclip, essentially. Maybe an inch, okay. an inch and a half long, clips over your pants. And it really, what it really is is a very good accelerometer. Not measuring your heart rate. Nope, not measuring my heart rate at all, but it's looking at how fast I'm moving, how much impact I'm generating. So it can tell the difference between whether I'm walking, running, going upstairs, going downstairs, uh, and, and it accounts all those things separately. So it has a pretty good, plus the data you fed to it ahead of time, and it uses a sort of Bluetooth-like syncing thing that as soon as it gets close to its base station, it syncs up that data. Mm-hmm. That sort of gives you a, a calorie count. It, no, it could show the exercise level. And so just, you know, you get to compare different exercise behaviors. And it has a timer mode in it that you could switch on and say, okay, well, I'm going for a run now. I'll turn that on. And so it can break out just that chunk when you were running. And same when I walked my dog, it did the same thing. Although the real reason I got the Fitbit, and I don't mean to change gears too much here, is it has a sleep mode. So you wear it when you go to bed <laughs> because it can tell when you're moving in your sleep. And show you basically how well and how you're sleeping, when you get your best rest, how long it takes you to fall asleep, how often you wake up. And that to me was by, that's what got me interested in it. The rest has been useful, but the bottom line is with the Fitbit, I showed clearly if I sleep less than six hours, exercise is just not going to work. I need to sleep more to have, to uh, lose weight. So as long as we're talking about spending money on uh, gizmos then. So I have one I bought about three years ago called the Zio, Z-E-O, Z-E-O. And um, it's, you actually have a headband that you wear when you go to sleep. It's a, it looks like an alarm clock. It sits by your bed. And as long as you're, you know, within a couple of meters of it, something like that, then it'll, it'll, it'll pick up the signal. And it's doing something off of brainwaves. And at the end of the day, like when you, when you, you know, it's got a USB stick or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I plug it into my computer and it shows me on a two minute by two minute basis all night when I was, when I was awake, when I was asleep, when I was in deep sleep, that sort of thing. And it analyzes it. So that's, that, that was like $700. Uh, yeah. Yours is cheaper. Yeah. Fitbit's a hundred bucks. But I mean, but it, I don't think it's as good a sleep analyzer as Zio by any stretch of match. Uh, Zio's come way down too, buddy. It's $150 now. You know what? If it's under fifty, I would say to anybody buy it. The other thing too is, um, I'm I'm glad about your your clip fit, but 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 I got to say one thing. If it's not getting heart rate stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you get a better measure on that. And the polar guys, again, we're talking in the hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty dollar yeah. range, um, <clears throat> which is uh, uh, like a hundred dollars in Canada now because I think the dollar your dollar stronger <laughs> than. Um, it's, it's this little chest thing that goes on around your chest, and it's the thing that looks like a watch, and it'll do a really good job. I mean, yeah. It's interesting to the point where, like, I'll go to a gym in a hotel, and just for chuckles, I'll have my wrist thing on, and I'll look at the ergometer on the the bike or whatever, and the the, the bike is often somewhat way off, and the polar's pretty much got it down. Yeah. So that's that. Those are so. So here, here's your here's your homework, everybody. You know, <laughs> go get yourself a CEO. Go get yourself a polar. Um, and, and the sexy scale that Richard has, how much is your sexy, is your sexy scale? 150 bucks. It's all in the same realm, right? They're, they, these are, and you, you said, you're right. You can spend as much as you want on it, but I, you know, get back to the more essential issue, which is instrumentation is good. Yes. Right. Let's know that we're, for us. 
Yeah. I mean, we need feedback. We need that I, I, feedback. I would argue that it's our people, you know, geeks, that we need feedback more than the average fair. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It, it, you know, and that little bit of gamification that, hey, I've only done six flights of stairs today and I really want to do 10 a day. I've only done 6,000 steps a day and I really want to do 10,000 a day. That That's sort of put pressure from a device of I've set some basic goals that are not hard to do, but it's worth doing an extra walk just to get that in. You know, that, right. those sorts of things. And same with just being able to see the calories on a menu immediately tell you, I, I think I'm going to have the fish today instead of the burger. Or, you know, it was even surprising, really surprising for at the Ruby Tuesdays was that I was thinking that uh, I would go and many times my local Italian restaurant makes a nice pasta dish. It's, mm-hmm. you know, some shrimp and it's got it's a cream sauce or Romano cream sauce and, and some fettuccine. And I once picked it apart. You know, I said, you know, let me take one of those home. And compared to other stuff, and I, I calculate I'm going to get this wrong, it's about 5,000 calories. Right. So what I will do is, when I go there, I'll just say, give me a to-go box, and the first thing that I do, and you're going to say that you do this too, right, is that I take half of it and I stick it in the box. And it goes home, and it's like breakfast or lunch or something like that. And the reason it's important is that it, in my head, if I'm in diet, not diet mode, but like trying to stay healthy and, and, and lose some weight mode, then if you and I go to some restaurant, I can eat half of it, and if it's in the box, I'm good. But if it's still on the plate, and we're drinking some wine, and yakety-yakin, you'll eat it. I know, I've eaten the thing, exactly. Yeah, you will and, eat it. And anyway, so I thought it would be Tuesdays. It had been a long drive up from Virginia Beach, and I hadn't really eaten anything all day. I said, you know, I could get a place, plate of some kind of shrimp and pasta or whatever. What astounded me was the, the petite filet with the mashed potatoes was 409 calories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the pasta was 1,200. I said, Damn, I would have never thought steak was going to be, you know, a better deal than, than this other stuff. And there's other little things we can do as well. So, so think about, uh, and I, I want to know if you do this too, but think about this whole idea of as soon as you get the plate, then get a to-go box. Immediately do that. Eat half. Split a plate. Is that that? Yeah, when you're eating out. You yeah. and I travel all the time. Uh, another thing is that, if you're moving in buildings with multiple levels, you know, walk down five flights, walk up two flights. That's assuming that you can find the elevators because yeah. that's the elevators are conveniently placed eight miles from the stairs. But but yeah, you're right. You mean just adding a few extra flights of stairs makes it can make a difference as well. You know, and we brushed on one more talk before we run out of time here. Alcohol. Uh, yeah, I, I, my solution. <laughs> now, uh, now, one of those let, Let's say two things. One is. I haven't given anything up. Right. If I feel like a cheeseburger, okay, I'll make a smaller one. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm really not eating that differently. Mm-hmm. I'm exploring some new foods. I, I've always liked oatmeal. That's, that's breakfast for me because it's only 190 calories and yep. lots of other great benefits. Interesting big benefit, by the way. If you're losing weight, many times the last place that it goes is around the belly. And the reason is because your body pulls the fat out of the remainder fat of the foods out of the colon and it's right there. It's nearby. If you're a woman, it tends to go downstream a little bit and goes onto your ass and in your hips. On guys, it tends to be around the belly, but it's the same story. Interesting study that just came out about four months ago. If you eat a heavier, soluble fiber, it's got, sorry, insoluble, has to be insoluble fiber diet, Mm -hmm. you make it easy for the body to move the fat away. So it's like the last thing you got left is a few inches on the, on the waistband. Crank up the fiber, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so, um, alcohol, yeah, yeah. Um, a shot of something. Is about 90 calories, 90 calories, 96 calories. Right. If you want, um, one of the things you will know because we've, we've had many a meal is I like a pina grigio. Why? Yep. 
it's dry, which means it's relatively low in carbs, which is not the end of, this is not the best thing in the world. I don't care. And, uh, calories are pretty low. A, a entire bottle of, of Pinot Grigio, 750 milliliters, is on the order of 650 to 720 calories, mm-hmm. which ain't bad. And if it's you and me splitting it over dinner, you know, we've got, you know, mildly pleasant buzz, can yeah. still drive, and it only cost us 320, 350 calories, something like that. Beers, in contrast, love them, but I mean, they could be 200, uh, excuse me, a real beer. I don't, I don't, I don't put anything in my body ever that's spelled L-I-T-E yeah. than, uh, you know, having sex in a canoe. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, a decent beer is like 200 calories for 12 ounces. Yeah. So it saddens me because I love beers. So uh, some kind of mixed drink where you're looking at 96 per shot, and that's, that can still kind of you know, add up pretty quickly. Well, the, the bigger issue in a mixed drink is the amount of soda that's in it. You know, I can't understand why anyone drinks sugared sodas, and here's why. Uh, in the United States, we have infected the rest of the world with the idea that you should grow a lot of corn, convert it to corn syrup, and use that. And that's high fructose. It's not sucrose. Yeah. Fructose, of course, is uh, – I got that wrong. I mixed up my disaccharides and monosaccharides. But the whole point is your body wants glucose. It's built for it. Yeah. Now, glucose is around fructose. And we can handle it also, but we're supposed to only be eating fruit about, what, two, three months of the year when it's around. Yeah. The thing about this is I told you that every, one of, every cell in your body can metabolize glucose. Fructose has to take a trip to the liver. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But if we work our livers too hard, what happens? Oh, that's right. You know, we started seeing in the United States about 15 years ago, a 12-year-olds with cirrhosis of the liver. And the mothers were being dragged into jail for, for giving their kids alcohol. Right. It turns out that fructose beats the stud out of your liver in the same way that alcohol it's does. It's processed like alcohol without making you drunk. Precisely. And sodas of all kinds. I mean... If you don't believe in artificial sweeteners, then fine. Stay away from sucrose also, from fructose also. Yeah. Because you are doing yourself, seriously, you are doing yourself a lot less damage, and I'm not suggesting you drink either of these things, with a Diet Coke than with a real Coke. Because yeah. a real Coke, that fructose is beating the snot out of, out of your, your liver. Yeah, I think you pretty much, you know, it's in our best interest, whether we want to lose weight or not, to lay off the soda. Yeah, I mean, a tonic water is good. It's got the bitterness, you know, so like a gin and tonic isn't yeah. a bad thing. There's not a lot of calories in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, lay off the soda or particularly lay off the sugar soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not a fan of diet drinks, never have been, so it's never been an issue for me. I, I think that anybody who consumes gallons of anything that isn't water is concerning. Uh, well, you know, let's let's briefly talk about what water, because Roberta had an interesting thing about this in, in her talk, was that a lot of her thinking about what's good and bad for you, for example, coffee. Mm-hmm. is now considered, even though it bleeds your water a little bit, introduces a lot of good things. And coffee is, caffeine, when taken as a whole food, not as a pill. So when it's in coffee, yes, we're now calling coffee a whole food, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it will cause your body to burn more fat and less carbs. It is one of the only diet supplements that are complete, essentially completely safe for you. Um, the other one's creatine phosphate, but that's a whole different animal. Uh if you're looking at the ephedras and that sort of thing, you can really hurt yourself with that stuff. But caffeine's, uh, as it turns out, is getting to be a better and better news story over the last 10 years. Uh, additionally, you're getting off a lot of the water that you get from the foods you eat. If you're eating a lot of fruit, you can think of fruit as being water that you can eat. And one thing to be aware of that I did not know about until about, I read this about two years ago, and I've since seen a couple references to it, is as we get older, our thirst reflex gets lame. So at my age, in my 50s, I can't, if I'm in a hot environment, I can't trust thirst. I right. have to start drinking before the thirst kicks in. Drink more often. You just don't. And with that, assuming we have any listeners left. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should call it a show, my friend. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you for letting me uh, pass this along. I hope that somebody out there has got some great ideas. And please drop me or Richard a line. You can find me at help, H-E-L-P, at Manassi, that's M-I-N-A-S-I, dot com. Thank you so much for listening. And Richard, thank you so much for letting me do this. And thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. Run As Radio.